Yeah, more concerned about the pig than the person. I'd like to say, I'm impressed by that. That's, that's cute. That's, that's very nice. I'd like to say thank you for inviting me to uh, speak a word to you. As you know, I'm not David McElwain, as you can tell. Uh, but continue to pray for David that uh, he and his lovely wife make it to their destinations uh, to and from. And uh, I also have to say there are some people that I have not seen in a while. I haven't seen in a while. And it is good to see some of you here. Some of you look even better than what I last seen you before. So God has been blessing you. So very good. Very good. With some additions to the family. I can see that. So very good. But yet yeah, now turn your Bibles to Mark 5 and we'll go ahead and deal with the lesson. I'll try not to be too long. Regardless, brother, if you took up some of my time, I'm going to still preach my lesson. I'm going to still do that. Yes, yes, sir. And for those of you who do not know me, that's not important, but I am Brother Chuck Morrell, and I'm not the most important person here. The most important thing here is this Bible. It's the most important thing here. And let us go ahead and get started. As you see in Mark 5 and verse verses 15 and 16, what leads up to, what leads up to this point here? Well, we have to go back. We have to go back before we get to that part there. What's going on? Jesus had just came into a coast of Gadaran. And what was going on there is that there was a man, and I'm going to make this short because I don't want to be long, but there was a man there that was possessed with demons. And it was so many of them that were called legion. And so what's going on here in that coast, they could not contain him. They would try to chain him up and, and control him, but he was so strong that they could not even hold him. And here's the other thing about this man. This man walked around in the tombs and in another version, he walked around the tombs with no clothes on. So let's just go ahead and consider him crazy, okay? Anybody walking around in a cemetery all day and night and you cannot control them, would you not call that man crazy? I'm not trying to be offensive, but in our today, today's society, if you're walking around in a, in, in, a, in a cemetery at night by yourself, howling and cutting yourself, would we not call them crazy? We would call them crazy. The sad part about this, let's just make this practical for us. Have you ever seen anybody in situations like that, that are in crazy situations? You see them strung out on drugs. You see them strung out on alcohol. You see them not being a family man or a family woman. You see them, they are not in their right mind. They don't have right conception of their mind. Would we not consider them on the other side of normal? See, I won't say crazy now, but on the other side of normal, this means yes, this is no, and this, I have no idea what you're talking about. Would we consider them on the other side of normal? Yes, we would. What happens when they come in contact with Jesus? What happens? They hear the word, they understand the word, and they obey the word. And all of a sudden, now they're on the right side of normal. Y'all understanding that? Well, who has to do that? They have to do that by allowing Jesus to come into their life, right? 
Well, this is exactly what happened to this man who was crazy, who was walking around in the tombs. Now, here's the thing. He came to Jesus. He came to Jesus. And in verse 7, verse 7, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me now. Now, that's the demons talking. They don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. But this man somehow had the intestinal fortitude to see Jesus, recognize Jesus, and come to Jesus. Is that not what everybody needs to do in their life today? The, I'm going to answer that for you. The answer is yes. Everybody needs to come to Jesus today. Why? Because Jesus can put you in your right frame of mind. Is that not what you want for your children? That's not, is that not what you want for your husband? Is that not what you want for your wife? That's not what you want for your generation of people. I want y'all to keep that in mind. So now, how do we do that? We come to Jesus. Well, this man came to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Verse 8, come out of the man. So the demons came out. Well, now, here's the thing. They came out, and then the demons, now they're having a conversation with Jesus, and they say, okay, Jesus, please don't torment us. Don't send us to that burning, sulfuric hell. Don't send us there. Where do you want to go? Well, send us into those, send us into one of them. Send us into those pigs. Well, how many of them was it? I said, I think it was about 2,000 of them, the Bible says. Send us into the swine. Send us in there. And Jesus just said, go. So I said, go. So they went into the swine, and you know the story. They went into the swine, and then they violently ran down the cliff and drowned in the water. What's the problem? I don't see any problem there. Do you see a problem? The man just got healed. The pigs are gone. Now, in Leviticus 11 and verse number 7, during that day and time, swine or pigs were considered unclean. You didn't need to be around them anyway. While these people, now let's go on down. Let's go on down. Verse 13 and forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violent down a steep place into the sea, and there was about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. Now, here's the problem. And they that fed the swine, what are you doing with the swine? Because it's supposed to be unclean to you, but they was herding these swine, and told in the city and in the country and they went out to see what was done. Now, this man had been tormenting the city. Now they all find out about the pigs. Now they come out and see what's going on with the pigs. And then they see the man that's crazy, not crazy anymore. They see him clothed and in his right mind. What's your, what's your point? Where are you getting? Where are you going with this? Well, here's the point. And they come to Jesus, verse 15, and see that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. Shouldn't you be happy about a man that just come to Jesus and he's not crazy anymore? Shouldn't you be happy about that? Wouldn't you be happy about that? What if it was one of your kids? What if it was one of your little ones right there that was crazy like that? And Jesus came and healed him. Would everybody be happy about that? Should everybody be happy about that? I'm going to answer that for you. Yes. Everybody should be happy about that. Listen, if my loved one is out here going crazy and Jesus has to answer 
to heal them, I'm going to be happy about that. If he's tormenting the city, shouldn't the city be happy about that? You would think that they would. They wouldn't. Why? Because they were more concerned about those pigs than they were the person. How do you know that, Chuck? I'm going to show you. It's right here in the Bible. Let's just keep reading. And they that saw it told them how it befell him that was possessed, verse 16, with the devil and also concerning the swine. Now, what did they do after they were told this information? And they, verse 17, and they began to pray, meaning they began to ask him to depart out of their coast. Who was the him there? It's not the man. It's Jesus. What did you just say? They wanted Jesus to leave. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait. How in the world are you going to tell the creator of the universe, the one that's putting breath in your body and the one that healed this man to tell him to get out? Oh, you looking at me funny. But some of us do that right now. Some of us, we want to be healed. And then when we find out about the information, how to be healed, what do we do with Jesus? We tell him, Jesus, I don't want you here. I need you to leave. Why, you want, why do you want Jesus to leave? Because you're more concerned about pigs than that person. Why are you so concerned about these dirty, swiney, ugly, nasty? You know pigs eat anything. You know that, right? You know, they, you know they're nasty. Now, they do make good pork chops, and they do make good bacon and hog malls and all that stuff. They do. Ham sandwiches. They do in today's time. But here's the thing. Back then, not so. They tell Jesus to leave instead of the pigs being happy about the pigs being gone. Why are they more concerned about the pigs? Because they did not care about the person. If you are asking Jesus to leave, then that's showing you that Jesus has no place in your life and they didn't have any place in their life. Are y'all understanding where I'm coming from? Are you like that today? Are you more concerned about something that's ugly, nasty, that's swiney, stinky, that'll eat anything? Are you more concerned about that? I'm really not talking about pigs, people. I'm talking about your personal life. I'm talking about the sin that's in our lives. Are we more concerned about that than we are Jesus? When Jesus comes to heal you, what do you tell Jesus? Do you tell Jesus, I don't want you anymore? Get back? What are you saying to him? Hey, only you can answer that question. What are you more concerned about? Well, these people here, they were more concerned about the pigs than they were the person. And in particular, Jesus. Well, what about the person that was possessed with the devils? Didn't care anything about them. When you keep on reading, you don't read where they were happy that he was healed. Now, wouldn't you be happy if your relatives was healed from any kind of disease? Wouldn't you be happy about that? These people were not even happy about that. So now that I'm boring you with that first point, let me go ahead and bore you with the second point. I want you to turn your Bible to John chapter 11. And what I'm about to tell you, I'm about to be, in some people's opinion, I'm about to be very controversial because I'm going to show you the mindset of some people. 
Point number one, these people were more concerned about these oink oinks, these pigs up here, than they were this person. How does that relate to us today? Because some people are still like that today. They're more concerned about something that's dirty than they are something that's clean. Well, John chapter 11, I'm going to make this short. John chapter 11. We know the story in John chapter 11. What's going on in John chapter 11? We have a man by the name of Lazarus, right? What's going on with Lazarus? Lazarus is about to die. They tell Jesus that Lazarus is about to die. Jesus doesn't come immediately. What happens? Lazarus dies, right? Now everybody is sad. Now, Jesus finally comes alone. Martha says, if my brother had been here, you, he would not have died. Okay, well, how many of us enjoy seeing our loved ones die? Let me see a show of hands. You do not, you do not enjoy seeing your loved ones die, okay? You don't want to see that. What you want to see is that your relatives will be alive and well and hopefully live forever. That's unrealistic, but that's what we want. But that's not what's going on here. In John chapter 11, <coughs> Lazarus is dead. He dies. In fact, he's been dead for how many days? Four days. So it's undeniable that he's dead, right? He's so dead that his body is starting to corrupt. They know this. It's undeniable. He's in this, he's in this cave. They have a stone rolled there. Now, Jesus comes to the stone. Everybody knows this. John 11 and verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Y'all understand this? So now let's go on. Let's drop on down. What does Jesus do? Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, right? So now, let's see. Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe that thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took the stone away, verse 41. And then in verse 43, here's the miracle of all miracles. Listen, I don't want my loved ones to die. But if Jesus comes along and raises one of my relatives, I'm going to be happy about that. Wouldn't you be happy about that? Hey, anybody enjoy going to funerals? Anybody enjoy? No, nobody enjoys going to funerals. Well, here they are right here at one. And Jesus is about to revive a man that they all love. Right? So in verse 43, and when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And in verse 44, Lazarus comes forth. Now, he didn't say come forth because if he had said come forth, then everybody would have got up. No, he called Lazarus specifically. Lazarus, come forth. So Lazarus comes forth. Now, everybody's happy, happy, joy, joy, because Lazarus is raised from the dead, right? Every, you would think that everybody would be, okay, but they're not. They're not. I want you to look at verse 46. Verse 45 Everybody sees it. Everybody believes it. Everybody's happy except for verse 46. But, but there means contrast, which means that even though some people were happy, that means that some people were not. What's the problem? But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. 
Then notice, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees and the council and said, what do we for this man the many miracles? Meaning that they can't deny what he did. He did a great thing. He just raised somebody from the dead. So we have to believe that he's the son of God, right? No, they didn't. What was the problem? Here's the problem. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall take notice, shall come and take away both our place and our nation. What's the problem with this here? Now I'm about to be really real with some of us in here. I know that we are dealing, I know for a fact that we are dealing with some staunch Republicans here, some devoted Democrats here. I know that. And some independents here. I know we are. I know it. I've seen it on the internet. I've seen the conversations. I know how it is. Let me tell y'all something real quickly. These people in this office, they don't care anything about you. How do I know that? They are just like these people in this book right here. They care more about their, this is point number two in case you're wondering. They care more about their political position of power than they do the people. Now, I don't care who you vote for, that's, that's your business. But you need to be careful who you are voting for. You need to be informed about what's going on with all this nonsense that's going on. If you haven't, if you've lived under a rock, you saw what happened January the 6th. You saw what was going on there. Okay. That was nonsense. That should have never happened. But why did that happen? Because we have people that are more concerned about a position of power than they are the Lord. And, they, and if they do not care about the Lord, what makes you think that they really care about you? When the last time you seen any of our political leaders have a Bible in their hand? When the last time you seen a gospel preacher in the White House trying to instruct the president? Psalms 118 and verse number 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man, I want y'all to jot that down for your notes. Psalm 118 and verse 8. Why would you put confidence in a man that held the Bible upside down? Why would you put confidence in this man? And if you think that I'm just against Republicans, no. I'm against all of them. We just had a president before this other president. While he was under his watch, you had homosexuals come in and have rights. What kind of rights? Gay rights. Homosexuals don't have any business having any gay rights at all. But we had a Democratic president, just in case you're wondering, we had a Democratic president under Republican Supreme Court. So what am I telling you? It doesn't matter about what they are. You had a Democratic president and then you had 5-4 Republican Supreme Court and they still allowed the homosexual laws to pass. Why'd they do that? Because they were more concerned about their position, and all they do is dangle this little moral carrot in front of your face. What's one of the moral carrots that they dangle in front of your face? Abortion. That's a staunch Republican thing there. They dangle that in front of your face. Well, abortion has been around since 1974. How many Republicans have we had in office since then? A whole lot of them. 
What's the Supreme Court right now? Anybody know? It's 6-3 Republican, right? So anytime they want to overturn abortion, they could, but they don't want to. They dangle that in front of you because they are more concerned. Has the concept of man changed? The concept of man hadn't changed. This is what we're showing you here. They were more concerned about their position of power over the nation than they were about the people. They didn't care anything about the nation. How do you know? Because anytime anybody goes against this book, they don't care anything about policies. The only policy that needs to matter is the word of God. Anybody in agreement with that? Okay, I thought so. But what's our problem? Our problem is our nation is divided. And you know what's happening? We bring in that nonsense into the Lord's church, and guess what's happening? Now we divide it as a church. Have you not noticed division causes more problems? And what did the Lord say through Paul? In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10, that there be no division among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, how in the world are we going to come together if we're not even together on this? Matthew 12, 25, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Do you mean to tell me that the Lord built a church that cannot stand? I don't think so. But we have a nation that's divided. What we divided on? We divided on whether we have political people doing the right thing. They're not doing the right thing. I don't care what president it is or who's in the Senate or who's in Congress. I don't care who it is. The last time I checked, Biden is in office right now. With him being in office, there was a woman, I forgot her name, but there was a woman, and I wish I had, I wish I had an example where I could show you. There was a woman that come in there, she had a transgender flag in there. <laughs> Why would you have a transgender flag in there? Because we have people who are not understanding what the word of God says about homosexuality, about division, about racism. They don't care about this. So when you talk to me about when you talk to me about the Democratic side, I, I, I don't care about the Democratic side. When you come to me talking about the Republican side and they have more of it, no, they don't. No, they don't. If they wanted to change the morality issue, all we have to do is go back to the Bible and do that. This thing about this flag, about bowing down to the flag and being mad about that and and upholding the flag. Look, the flag is not our God. The God of heaven is our God. That's who we bow down to. This Black Lives Matter movement, I could care less about that movement. None of that stuff is, have you noticed none of this stuff is bringing us together? None of it. <laughs> so we're getting mad about a flag. And then all of a sudden, now, since, since the Supreme Court is supposed to be the Supreme Court of all courts, they didn't care anything about abortion, but yet they care about voter privileges now. Really? They want to stop you from voting, voting early. Why would they do that? I thought abortion was the main issue. It's not. You know why they did that? Because they care more about the position of power than they do God. And if you caught up in there, get that out of your mind. 
The only thing that we need to be, not staunch Republicans, not devoted, devoted Democrats, we need to be committed Christians. We need more committed Christians in our office right now. We need that. Because these people that's in this office are getting way away from God. Do y'all know that? Y'all understand that, right? That's the reason why we're having this problem. Our governor, our governor, bless his heart, <laughs> pray for him. Why in the world would you open up the state 100%, but we are not even vaccinated 15% yet? Why would he do that? I want you to turn your Bible. Just turn your Bible right on over to John chapter 12. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you why. The concept of man has not changed. I'm going to get off this point and I'm going to get on this last point, but I got to go this in here. Why in the world would a man open up a state? Well, he messed up with the freezing temperature thing. You know, everybody's house was frozen out. I remember, I remember that I called you and you, you was frozen out. Why, why in the world? Why in the world would he open up the state? Because he was trying to clear up that. That's what some people say. No, not, not, not necessarily. There's this thing called lobbyists. Lobbyists. Lobbyists, they have that money behind the scenes. And if you don't do what they say, they pull their money out. And so the pressures on people in authority to do the right thing. But when people with the money come along, then you cater down to them. And so you get the praise of the men than you do about the people. So, like I said, my second point is they're more concerned about the position than they are the people. Now, let's show you that the concept of man hadn't changed. John chapter 12, John chapter 12, and I believe I want verse 45. I believe that's what I want. John chapter 12, verse 45. As soon as I get over there, Now, I want you to notice something here. I'm going to start at verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. It doesn't make any sense. Then said Isaiah, saying of Isaiah the prophet, might be fulfilled, which spake, the Lord have, who have, Lord, who have believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Therefore, they could not believe because what Isaiah said again. He blinded their eyes, hardened their heart, that they should not see and their eyes uh, nor understand with their hearts and be converted that I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. What is this talking about? This is talking about people actually saw what the Lord was doing and they still didn't believe him and they still didn't want to follow him. You know what they tried to do? They tried to kick Jesus out. Now, we have some people, these same people that were over in John chapter 11, it's the same people that's over here in John chapter 12. Now, watch what it says here. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believe. Did y'all see that? So you have people that actually in high positions, they believe in Jesus. They want to do the right thing. What's the problem? But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess them, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Has the concept in 2021 changed? What's happening? You might have a man that might want to do the right thing by Jesus. But because he's worried about what somebody else would say with the money, 
and he might get kicked out of his position, he doesn't do the right thing. He doesn't confess Jesus. Should we have Christians in politics? I believe we can. We should. We need more of them in there because if we have them in there, if we have members of the Lord's church in there, we could change this nation back to being biblical. Forget about this nonsense about let's make the country greater. Great. The country is never going to be great without God. Instead of trying to make the country great again, let's make the country godly. How about that? Let's do it like that. Because the country is never going to be great without God. And the only way you can be great, you have to have this Bible. And if these people are not using the Bible, there's no way they can be great. No way. And don't think that this nation cannot fall. It can. Let this nation keep sinning against God and see if God doesn't bring this nation low. It's happened in history before and it'll happen again. Now, let me just tell you something. I'm about to insult you. And I mean to, because I'm going on to point number three. I'm not going to die for any one of you. I'm just being real. I'm not going to die for any one of you. Not really. Now, if I had to, if I was pressed to it, I probably would. But generally, and I'm speaking in a general sense, most people are not going to die for each other. They just, we value our lives too much, our own lives too much. Now, some people might do that. Lynn might die for her children. She might. I think she would. Some of you might die for your children. But generally, you're not going to die for a stranger. You're just not going to do that. But you really are not going to die for somebody that doesn't appreciate you, that doesn't care about you, that doesn't love you. Right? You're not going to do that for somebody. If I know that you're not appreciating me and you're going to sleep on me while I'm I'm not going to die for you. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Especially if I know what kind of person you are. I want you to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. And this is my last point. And then I'm giving the invitation. Then we're going home or wherever you want to go to go eat your lunch for the day. Philippians 2. There was a man that gave up his position because he cared about the people. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Thank you. I mean, I'm not preaching to myself. I'm preaching to an audience, so you can't talk back. It doesn't bother me none. But Philippians 2, Jesus is the person who gave up his position. What was his position? It was heaven. Now listen, if I'm in heaven, I'm not giving up that position. I'm not doing that. It's too clean. It's too right. It's too perfect. Why would I come down here and die for people that I know don't appreciate me, don't love me, that's going to sin against me every day? Why would I do that? Because point number three is Jesus is more concerned about the people than he is his position. Jesus gave up his position because he loved all of us. And guess what? All of us have sinned against God. Yes, unfortunately, we have. Unfortunately. I know I have. So why would Jesus come and do that for me? And here's the bad thing about it. Jesus did that for me, and I still sin every now and then. And he still did. He knew this before the world was even created. And he did that for you. 
Is that commitment or not? That's commitment. Why should we appreciate Jesus more? Because Jesus gave up everything just so he could give us everything. What's the everything he wants to give us? He wants to give us heaven. So Jesus gave up his position in heaven, took on flesh, took on a beating, took on spitting, took on cursing, ridicule, took on shame when they stripped him naked. Because that little picture of them crosses that y'all wear with him, no, he didn't have on any clothes. They wanted to totally embarrass him. They beat our Lord till he was unrecognizable, folks. And he did all that knowing this ahead of time. <laughs> Do y'all understand this? He did this before he created us. He knew we were going to do him like this, and he still did it. Why did he do that? Because he loved us all. I don't care how bad your situation is, and it can be real bad. Don't ever forget that the Lord gave up everything for you just so you could come out of your position. What's our position without Christ? <laughs> it's sin. What's our position without Christ in sin? Death. And death brings on that fiery destruction. Now, the Lord came down here to get us out of that position, to put us in his position. He came to be like us so we could be like him. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus did that for us. Now, instead of me quoting Philippians, and you know, in class we had to quote that, I'm not going to quote that. I'm going to read that. So Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robber to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him a form of a servant. See, the problem with us is that we don't want to give up the position of being served. We don't want to give that. See, I like being served. Hey, hey, you, come here, bring my food here. you right here. Appreciate you. We like that. We like being served. No, no, no. Jesus came to do the serving. Now, if we want to be like Christ, guess what we have to give up? We have to give up our position of wanting it our way of being served and doing it Christ's way and being a servant. That, for some of us, that's hard to do. Because we don't like being told what to do. <laughs> we don't. I don't. But you know what? If I want to be like Christ, if I want to be like him, then I have to be a servant. I can't have it my way. I have to do it the Lord's way. And the Lord gave up his position of being, being served to being a servant. So now, but he made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself. Do you know how hard it is for us to humble ourselves when we talk about the flag and we talk about politics and we talk about anything else that we don't like? You know what we like? When we don't give up those positions, we just like that ugly little pig right there. Unclean and unholy. And unless you're willing to give up your position, then you just like these pigs, you still dirty. For those of you, for those of you, you need to understand, one day the Lord is coming back and he's coming back 
not to get pigs. He's coming back to get committed Christians. And if you're still in the position like a pig, then guess what? You're going to be served just like pork chops in the fire. And nobody wants that. How do we get out of the position of being like dirty pigs? How do we do that? Well, we have to be just like Christ. Be obedient to Christ. How do you do that? Well, you obey the gospel of Christ. What's the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How Jesus died for our sins, not his, but ours. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Do you believe that gospel? John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And where I am, his position, you cannot come. Leave your position. Come out of your position. Come out of the, the position of denominationalism. If you're here visiting, you in a denomination, come out of that position. Give up that position if it's not a biblical position. The only position that matters is the biblical position, the Christian position. Not the Black Lives Matter movement, not the flag movement, not the political movement, the Christian movement. When Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me in Matthew 28, 18, his movement was to go. That's the real movement. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the movement that we need to be a part of. Not this nonsense that's going on in the world. Because the last time I checked, the flag or Republicans or Democrats, can any one of them things save us? I'm going to answer that for you. No. None of those things can save us. The only thing that can save us is the word of God. Stay with that and you can never go wrong. Now, in obeying that gospel, you have to believe that gospel. Then you have to be willing to repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3 and verse number 5. Then you must be willing to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32. That's the position that you want to be in. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and guess what? You put Jesus in a position where he has to confess you. Now, mostly, some of you, I don't know your name, but it doesn't matter if I don't, if I don't know it. What matters is, is that Jesus knows it. And if Jesus calls your name and acknowledges you, you're in good shape. But first, you have to put yourself in a position to acknowledge him. Acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and then what's next? Be baptized. What you're being baptized for? To put you in the position of Christ. Galatians 3, 26, 27. Puts you into Christ. And the only way you can get into Christ, you have to be baptized in there. Once you are baptized into Christ, you are automatically added to the church of Christ. And that's the only church that you can find in anybody's Bible, the church of Christ. Be faithful in that church, the Lord's church, until when? Until you die, until the Lord comes back, Revelation 2.10. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Now, if you have any need of any kind or any concern, this church here will pray for you. It's a loving church, and we will pray for you. I suggest you make that request known. Make it known while we together stand and sing.